I'm about to play you an interview that will change the way you do business. You're about to learn more business strategy in the next 15 minutes than you're going to learn all month. Listen up. Hey, it's Brad Gross coming at you with another technology broadcast. If you're a service provider and you want to learn some things, give me a few minutes. You're going to learn a lot. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Technology Bradcast. Today, we're doing something a little different. Today, I'm not going to be the only one giving you rock-solid advice. Today, we're going to be chatting with Frank Salisbury, the CEO of Network Solutions Unlimited, a great MSP in Decatur, Illinois, who's going to reveal some of the secrets that have made his company so successful and absolutely worthy of being emulated. Here's how it works. I'm going to chat with Frank, and after the interview, I'm going to highlight some of the amazing strategies that he's going to tell you so you can not only learn them, but incorporate them into your company right now. So get a paper and pen out, power up your notebook, get ready to take some notes. And remember, hang on after the interview is over because I'm going to review the important topics, the stuff that you need to know and can implement right now. On with the interview. Okay, today I am chatting with Frank Salisbury. He is the president and CEO of Network Solutions Unlimited, a managed service provider in Decatur, Illinois. Hi, Frank. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Good. I now I know that your focus as a MSP is to help small to medium-sized businesses become more profitable and more successful. And and you do that by providing services that you have honed over time. So Tell me about your company. How long have you been around? And tell me uh, about the type of services you guys provide. Sure. Thank you. So, uh, you know, Network Twist Unlimited has, has been around for 10 years, but our parent company, Decatur Computers, uh, which was a managed, or a break-fix company, has been around for 20 years. So that's where I really got to start is in a break-fix. Um, we've recently merged the two together, but we still hold both names. So, in our industry, we're kind of unique. Most companies have gravitated, uh, you know, a lot of companies gravitated towards managed services only. Uh, we we seem to do the project and break fix so well. Um, we had great uh, responses from our clients, and it's still a profitable business. So we, we kept them both running. Uh, we found that uh, the break fix is a great way for us to get a first-time appointment or an FTA uh, with, with potential clients. So... We, we have two companies, 13 staff members total. They act as one team, and uh, we even still do walk-in business for, for individuals. Interesting. So unlike a lot of MSPs that start out as break-fix and they move to managed service, you've, you've, you've stayed with the break-fix to one extent, and you're using that sort of as a, a way to have customers enter into your business, enter into the environment. Yeah, it's a great way to have that first touch because even individuals typically work somewhere. And a lot of times if they get a great experience with us, they'll take it back to their office and say, you know, our IT for the business isn't responding well. This company really did. So so you're a little bit of a, a unique bird. I like that. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So over the years, every solution provider has learned certain lessons, business-related lessons, which if they could do it all over again, 
they probably would have handled them differently. And this is especially true when a MSP is just starting out, like the first two to four or five years of the business. Let me ask you, if you could go back in time and, and tell yourself one thing, one bit of advice, or maybe a warning that would better prepare you for the solution provider business in 2020, what do you think that would be? Oh, I think that's a, a pretty good question, and, and I, I've got a great answer, I think, is the fact that when, when I first started out, if you wanted to pay me money, I'd do it. And if that meant, you know, uh, painting all the computers, paying, for goodness sakes, I'd get a paintbrush and a can, and I'd, I'd go to town at it. But really, that was the wrong thing for me to do. And, and what I would suggest is that you create a solid offer and a solid service model, and don't deviate. Because clients sometimes ask you, well, you know, let's not do it this way. Let's, let's save some money. Let's do it this way. And so stick to that offer that you've created. You, you need to, of course, review it often and change as the industry does. But once you have that down, you know, deliver that, own, that, that one offer, that one stack. Do it well. Hone that to the best you can. Keep a single firewall, single backup solution, single RMM, you know, single type of computer, uh, single standards, and, and what that does is that would have allowed me early on to increase profits, uh, keep staff and, and train staff so that, that we aren't jumping all over the place and using HP servers and Dell servers and this backup here and that backup there. Uh, really caused a lot of, of both headache and stress for our staff and, and sometimes our clients, and, and it really ate into the profit margin. So, you know, get your stack uh, like we do today, like I have today, and stick to it. Don't deviate. So the message I hear you saying is is consistency and 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 avoid deviation from what you do as a core practice, what your core model, right. what your core uh, activities are. Absolutely, yeah, so, that's very true. And and you know, I, I I worked a long time doing anything anybody asked me. Uh, yeah, I built some great relationships, uh, lost some great clients uh, by doing that. Um, but today we we have a solid stack and we follow that day to day. So how do you resist? I mean, how do you resist the customer that comes over to you and says, listen, I know you might not do uh, X and Q, you do A, B, and D, but you don't do X and Q. We really need X and Q, Frank, you know, and I'm willing to pay for it. How do you resist the urge, as everyone would have, to just say, all right, look, the money's there. It's good money. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very good question because, yeah, even, even today I still have that every once in a while, but I just have to think back of the pain. Uh, you know, that I've dealt with over the years trying to do that. And then I also look at my staff because I'm not the one doing the work. So, you know, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll wire your, your warehouse that's 45 feet off the ground. I've got, you know, the wiring guys, which uh, the only ones that really know how to do it are afraid of heights. So uh, I'd be putting them through a nightmare and I, I don't want to. They're, we're a team and, and I can, I only sell what we know we can offer and what we know we can do very well. And, and, Something like wiring would, would be one of those things I'd just say, no, even though the money's good, you, I'll help you find somebody else, but I'm not going to be the one that does it. And are you willing to let a customer walk away? I have, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last five years, I've, I've learned this lesson very well because of, like I said, of, of, of pain and cost we've dealt with in the past. And yes, I would let a, let a client walk away and have let a client walk away for it. Interesting. Typically, it doesn't happen, though. Do you see other MSPs making this mistake? see it all the time, especially with startup companies. Um, you know, we, they, they, they want to become 
that we can do it all. That's what they, they build themselves. We can do it all. We know security cameras. We know, uh, you know, uh, network storage. We know cloud storage. We know Azure. We all. And then, then they, they try to produce all of that for their clients. And, and typically what happens is, and, and you see this all the time in young MSPs or young, young technology companies, the, the owner or the lead techs are working day and night and weekends are getting calls in the middle of the weekend and the middle of dinner. They're stressing themselves out, and, and ultimately the client feels that pain, feels that stress. And, of course, if you look at their, their, their profit margins, they, they begin whittling away because they've got the 20 hours to do the five-hour job just because they didn't stick with something they knew. So we see it all the time. Makes sense. So the message is don't let the customer make the decisions for you. You, you make the decisions and, and, and stick to them. Tell me about who you would perceive to be your perfect customer. In other words, you know, you told us that you fired customers before. I have heard uh, from different MSPs, sometimes they like a customer that is um, new, right? New business starting out and you can really, they're very malleable. Other MSPs say, no, we like customers that are seasoned, that have been through a couple of MSPs, they know what they want and so on. Who's your perfect customer? Years ago when I was doing a, learning a lot about MSPs and, and how to build one, there was a, a fiery redhead, I'm not sure if we can use her name, that had a lot to do with marketing. And she asked that question almost every time I to her speak, and I, I, I never did get a solid answer. I guessed a lot of times it was uh, accounting firms or businesses between 10 and 20. And, and I ran through all these numbers, and, and I looked at our clients, and I thought, well, why has this client been with us for 20 years? Why has this client been with us for 20 years? Why did this client you know, not seem happy with our services, even though it's the same as we provided everybody else? And I finally believe I came to the answer a few years ago, and that is relationship. Mm-hmm. The clients that are the best for me, the perfect client is those who wish to have a relationship, who are interested in what we can do for them and then want to work with us to get that accomplished. Just recently signed a, a brand new client and, and it was it was it was so clear to me when I first sat down at the FTA how much they just they, they just wanted a relationship with us. They wanted to know our staff. They wanted to know what we've done and what we could do for them. And it, and it never really came down to, I mean, yes, there's always price conversations, but their main focus was who are you and how can you help us? And, and that is my perfect client. And, you know, when we go into first time appointments or we go in to do tech assessments, we started grading clients on what we believe that relationship would look like. So if, if we go, and I may be jumping ahead, but if we go into a client and, and uh, the staff is angry or grouchy and the, the offices are disorganized and a mess and there's wires hanging everywhere and you ask them about it and they seem fine with it and if, if the the decision maker is disconnected or doesn't wish to engage or ask questions, right there we start throwing up those red flags. You know, is this client going to be one of those fit clients for us? Versus that 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 first time appointment with the CEO that says, you know, tell me about how you can fix my issues because here they are, and I want to hear what your plan is. I want to hear how you're going to work with us on it. You go out and you talk to the staff. They're friendly. They're frustrated with their issues. They just want somebody to fix it and they smile when you talk to them, it really begins to build that, that perfect team uh, between us and, and them. So it sounds that's to what me, we really look for. It sounds to me like you are starting to vet or filter customers almost from the moment you meet them. 
right? Almost from the outset, before they even open their mouths, you're taking sort of an inventory, a mental inventory of uh, what they look like, how they run things, and then you go from there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the uh, FTAs I went to, uh, within 10 minutes, uh, I discovered that the server was in the shower uh, with that had running water ability. Um, I said, are, are, are you guys really wanting this move? No, it's, it's a good spot for it. We're fine. And, and I found the cable modem was up in the ceiling uh, the next five minutes. And I said, have, have you ever considered moving this to, the, to a proper rack? And they're, oh, you know what? It's worked up there for years. So I just closed my notebook, told them I don't think we were their company, and moved on. I don't believe that relationship would have ever been beneficial for us or even them because we would have been pushing them to make changes they didn't feel comfortable with. Nothing wrong, nothing against them. They can run it the way they want to. But, you know, with that kind of attitude, uh, my team just won't be able to function well. I understand. You know, when I speak uh, often, I'll say to audiences, sometimes the best customer, your best customer is the one that you never took on, right, is the one that you let walk. Uh, so that's a, that's a great point. Where do you think the provider industry right now is going in terms of growth or focus? Do you think MSPs, for example, do you think they're going to become more specialized? Like we're only going to handle security. If you want, you know, BDR, you want RMM, you want something, go elsewhere. Or do you think that MSPs are going to expand what they have and become more of a turnkey solution? Where do you think things are going? And where would you, and where would you like them to go? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's a question I hear quite a bit asked uh, in, in different peer groups I'm in, which is, you know, another one of those, uh, if, you, if, if I wanted to tell somebody just starting out, join a peer group as fast as you possibly can. That has just been such a powerful asset, uh, a change in my life in the, in the last four or five years. Uh, I get so much out of them. But if I listen to, uh, you know, the, the peer groups and, and the professionals and industry leaders, uh, they're, they're concentrating on or they're estimating that, that in the future, you know, MSPs will be all gobbled up. All the small ones will be gobbled up and you'll have these massive, you know, 100, 150 technician MSPs servicing, you know, you know, five, six states simultaneously. Uh, you know, I personally disagree with that. I don't. I don't think the, the small and mid-sized market will go there, which is probably you know the largest portion of MSP business is that small to mid-sized market. But what I do see is security being that hotbed issue, that that 800-pound gorilla in the room. You know, uh, security is going to affect both both the provider and the client, and uh, it's growing immensely. But but I believe. That ultimately, that that mid-sized twenty and thirty and forty user uh, company really doesn't have the bandwidth or the time to go out and vet each each individual service. So they're going to expect me, the MSP, to vet that for them and bring it to the table in the form of that agreement, and then to manage those different vendors for them, and and of course report and keep them informed. That's always important. So, so I don't really see uh, the growth of these massive. Uh, businesses that will handle uh, the, the small markets. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. You mentioned that uh, a lot of people see a lot of consolidation coming down the pipe, right? Uh, uh, small MSPs becoming big ones, big ones servicing lots of different areas. Is there still a place for the small MSP in your mind in this market right now? Oh, absolutely. Uh, more so than ever. Uh, you know, one of the things we do is is we customize how we, we uh, talk to or work with our clients. Now we don't we don't change our stack, but 
a lot of our, of our clients expect certain, uh, you know, uh, types of services, types of communication that, that are outside of the agreement, those, those little things. Like, for instance, uh, one of the things I discovered uh, a few years ago was that, that uh, we had a lot of, of silly little mistakes made by end users clicking on the wrong thing, submitting uh, this information, not identifying that as a, a phishing attack or a spam attack. So uh, I began training um, a training program for our clients, for the end users. I, I got them all in a room, and I'd go through a, a slide deck and kind of teach them about cybersecurity. Uh, it started out just for our clients. But what I found was is that they were so overwhelmingly powerful because our ticket numbers began to drop for those issues. Clients become very educated, and, and we began sending out you know, droplets of, of information about the new threats coming out. Uh, now it's expanded to where I do two or three of those a month for non-client agencies. So, you know, the, the chambers and things of that nature, special medical groups and, and legal groups and stuff will call me and I'll come in and do cyber training for them. And then we've expanded recently to the dark web too. Um, but those types of things is where the larger MSPs will fail because they won't identify that, you know, that secretary is terrified to open an email because she doesn't know if it's spam or, or a phishing attack. They need somebody to, to be there, hold their hand, understand where they came from. You know, uh, the tech industry and techs typically, and I don't want to, I'm all in a bucket, but typically believe that just everybody should know not to answer that IRS email. And that's just not true. So, that's where we come in that a big MSP would fail on. Interesting. You mentioned your training program. How do people sign up for that? You know, a lot of people just email in to Frank or anybody at NSU, that's Network Solutions Unlimited, MSP, Managed Service Provider.com. And, uh, you know, like I said, you can use Frank, you can use service at uh, NSU, MSP.com, or, or we really prefer people to call, and that is 217-428-6449. Because, you know, that first touch is so important, and uh, when you hear a friendly voice who wants to help you, uh, that's the key to, to starting out with a great relationship. Sounds great. So, listen, Frank, I really appreciate you joining us today. Again, this has been Frank Salisbury, President and CEO of Network Solutions Unlimited in Decatur, Illinois. Uh, his contact information will be uh, on the, uh, I guess, the portal through which you have found this podcast. Frank, again, thank you so much for your help, your input. I'm sure a lot of people are going to find a lot of value in it. Well, thank you, and it was enjoyable. All right, take care. So how'd you like that? Thank you, Frank Salisbury. That was great advice, a great interview. I want to go through a few things with you guys that are I heard Frank say, and I hope that you can take that, run with it, and implement it into your business right now. First of all, I think it was interesting that Frank is an MSP that's still doing break fix and managed services and implementing them both. In fact, what he told you was that he's leveraging the break fix side of things to help steer customers into his managed service offering. That's something you guys should be thinking about doing. Also, I found it interesting that when I asked him if he could go back and tell me something that he would do differently, something that uh, uh, he could talk to himself about, 
the bit of advice that he told you was that if you wanted to pay me money, I'd do it. I would do anything that a customer wanted to pay me for. But he told you guys, and I agree with him 100%, it's the wrong thing to do. He talked about the importance of having a consistent and uniform product offering and not necessarily catering to the whims of customers. He was saying, be true, be true to your core practice and don't be led astray by the potential for quick profit because ultimately you're going to sacrifice focus and you're going to sacrifice your customer's business at, as well. He told us about how young MSPs are working day and night, stretching themselves out, and ultimately the client will feel that stress. If you stress yourself out, you're going to stress out your clients. And that's because MSPs are biting off too much. So Frank's advice was stick to your core practice, stick to what you know best, don't stretch yourself out just chasing that extra dollar. Interesting, when I asked him, well, how do you resist that? How do you resist going after that dollar? He told me something that I've heard business coaches say over and over. They say, remember the pain, remember the pain. We forget the pain when the money is dangled in front of us, but Frank reminded me and you and everyone, don't forget about that pain. It's great advice, it will help keep you focused. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Technology Bradcast. We will see you next time.